This is the Light and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Heinzman. When a city council decides to engage organizations and churches in helping the city to flourish, West Morris Street Church in Indianapolis gave their yes. This is an incredible story of collaboration and working with youth to see flourishing in the city through the reduction of crime. You're going to want to join Pastor Kristen Marble and Councilwoman Christian Jones for this incredible conversation, as well as staff from the church. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's join in and hear about this exciting ministry and collaboration happening on the west side of Indianapolis. Well, welcome everyone to the Light and Life podcast today. I'm Brett Heinzman, and I'm joined today by Councilwoman Kristen Jones and the pastor and some staff from West Morris Free Methodist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, who have an incredible story of collaboration that we want to talk about that's birthing a new ministry opportunity in the city. So thank you everyone for joining us today. And I want to start with you, Councilwoman Kristen, because I want to uh, hear the story like, how did the city of Indianapolis decide to reach out to churches and other organizations in Indianapolis and why? What is What has helped bring this about? Thank you, Brett, and thank you for allowing me to be here today and, and share the story. And thank you to Pastor Kristen and your amazing staff for partnering with us in this amazing grant opportunity. About a year ago, probably one of the top things that we hear about on the council is public safety. Um, it's, it's something that's on the hearts and minds of many residents. How, how do we fix it? What do we do? And it's really easy to point fingers, and it's always somebody else's fault. But the council got together and um, it went through the public safety committee, this initiative, where when you look at the county as a whole, each we have 25 council districts, and each one of them are different. And so the problem to crime and public safety is different in each one of those council districts. So they came up with an idea that they would have this grant opportunity divided by council districts. They were going to divide this pot of money up, um, not equally, equitably. So we went through a process um, done by the Polis Center at IUPUI, where that way the city of Indianapolis and the councilors had no part in it how the money was going to be divided up. And it was divided up amongst about eight different metrics, like education, crime, poverty. And they went through this process and ranked the 25 different council districts and then took that metric and divided the money up. And I represent District 16, which is where Westmore Street is located. And we actually were ranked number two. We were ranked number uh, two to get the highest um, amount of money based on those metrics. That was the first part. Then the second part that we did have, the counselors did have some input on, we could determine the priorities, working on some of the data um, that Savvy gave us, and then what we are hearing from our districts. So what we heard at door knocking and things like that, and from our constituents, we could determine the priorities that we wanted to set for the grant parameters. So for me, I determined that it would be education, youth, workforce development, and drug prevention. So anybody that would apply for that grant funding had to hit one of those criteria. And I felt that for our district, that would be the best focus to help with crime prevention, if we could hit one of those metrics. And the data at Savvy backed that up. Um, What kind of crime statistics are there in West Indy? Um, so it's not violent crimes. In West Indy, it is not violent. 
we don't we didn't hit the metrics for violent crimes but we hit a lot of drug issues uh, okay. um, and it was a lot of drug issues it was a lot of robberies and things like that which i felt then went back to the drug prevention the youth the workforce development and education and i felt like if we could go to the root of the problem maybe we could fix some of these crimes and so knowing uh Attending church at West Morris, knowing Pastor Kristen and um, just her passion for the community, when these, I started talking to her and, and I let her know as soon as these came out that I would give her the application um, so that she could start working on it. I believe the churches are the backbone of our, our district and our city. I believe that if we can get these programs, that was one of my first questions um, when we were going through our trainings as counselors and we were learning about that. That was the uh, the first question I asked is, can we get this, will churches be applicable, applicable to, to apply for this? Um, because mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that our churches would be able to be involved in this. I felt that was very important. They, they are the heartbeats of our community. Our president of our council um, said, good question, Kristen. And um, yes, absolutely. They were going to make sure that our churches could be applied for that. Fantastic. So, so uh, the great thing about this as well is too, if a community, this really applies to community centers and churches, if you have members or um, residents that you're helping that might apply to two districts, you can apply for two districts funding. Oh, so that okay. can help you with that as well. So maybe, um, so I know uh, we border um, counselor, a, a different counselor, and he also, we work together on like a drug prevention um, initiative so he had drug prevention too. So um, you can also apply for some of that funding as well if you're on the border. So just trying to get that message out, you know, click as many boxes as you can. Um, but we really felt like my, basically micro-targeting the city instead of having a blanket grant for Marion County, one size fits all, we really felt like this was the, the better opportunity to try, you know, it's not, you know, once you're breaking it down, it's not a whole lot of money but to really micro-target these communities um, and try to start here. And this is, this is our first round, so we're, lear we're learning, um, and we'll see. We'll, we'll tweak the program as it goes, but we hope to keep it going and hope to learn from this and see. You know, we won't have the data back for a while to see if it works, but I truly believe that this is where it starts, and I think this is what changes, you know, especially with our youth and believing in people. You know, I, I believe that when someone feels like you believe in them, what you're, this project that you're doing, you know, um, really can change the heart and mind of someone's path in life. And so a lot of people just feel helpless. And so they might take a different turn in life. And this, sure. can, this can really change their life. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited. We had another recipient in West Indy um, as well, community center. So you're both right here. Um, so just this, in, this injection of an investment in a small community, it, it can really change. Well, so you have a, a willing city council, but then we also need a willing church. So Pastor Kristen, yeah. Kristen Jones comes to you and asks you to apply for this grant. You begin a conversation. What made West Morris Church willing? What made you willing to engage and start saying, giving your yes to this? Yeah, so this, um, I mean, Kristen's text, I think it was initially a text to me. Um, I mean, I just, I just cried when I got it because, um, you know, for the last four years, we'd been working really hard to try and engage our community and, and make an impact. And, and, you know, we often talk about being about the people who aren't in our walls rather than the ones who are. And, um, 
and sometimes it's hard work. I mean, it's always hard work and you feel like, are we making any impact? And so when all of a sudden Kristen came to me and said, Hey, there's this program that is going to be coming about. And, and I really, I think you should apply for a grant. Um, it was just some confirmation that we were headed in the right direction and um, that, that we were making an impact and, and had the opportunity, opportunity to make a bigger impact. Um, you know, this was back actually in January. And so um, since then, we have worked on our mission, vision, and values, and our vision that we developed this summer specifically says that we want to be about helping partner um, in order to cultivate flourishing. So um, we actually were like in the process of doing some of this before we actually articulated articulated it completely in a vision, but, um, you know, it really came hand in hand. So uh, for for me, um, really the next step was uh, we had already committed, like we had already said we want to be about um, impacting our community in positive ways, and we're really trying to be open to what that might look like and to be about thinking outside of the box. And so, um, you know, we'd been doing that for a while. And, and so the next step really was, do we have a team of people? Because I can't do that myself. Sure. You know, this is going to have to be a group thing. Um, and so after the board, you know, kind of rallied around it and got excited about it, then it was a matter of opening it up and saying, hey, we're going to meet as a group. And if you're interested in in putting forth some ideas and brainstorming and praying about this, let's just meet. And so we actually met four times over the course of a month. And each of our meetings was, I believe, about an hour and a half. And it was really brainstorming and, and praying and looking through the, um, the parameters of the grant and just saying, what realistically might we be about? And what might we do that would have an impact um, in the community? and might be something realistic that we could actually take on. So some of those team members are with us here today. Why don't you introduce them and um, describe like these meetings and let's have a conversation about like what you heard and what excited this team about saying yes to this. Some of the team members that were initially part of the brainstorming are here and then others um, team members have come on since we've, um, you know, received the grant and are implementing it, which I, you know, is a great I think thing to think about when you start partnering and doing projects is sometimes you have idea people, but then the implementation um, needs to be somebody else. And so we've really seen that with this project. Um, so we have Rachel Molman, who is one of our LMCs, um, who works in the area of um, providing services to individuals very um, knowledgeable about um, working with, with families who are um, facing um, uh, poverty and um, just a lot of a lot of uh, challenges. Uh, Jackie Mueller um, has a real heart for um, connecting people, people who are marginalized in our community, and seeing that they have a place. Um, and so she's been part of it. Uh, Lou Mingus, who is a um, uh, ordained elder at our church, and uh, she has a real heart for our community. She grew up in the area, and just her own uh, family connections just knows some of the struggles from a very personal side of um, of things, and so just very passionate about being involved. And then uh, Dee Franklin is um, actually the pastor's, um, one of the pastors of another church that meets in our building. So um, we've 
tried to partner in lots of ways, and one of the ways is opening our building to um, churches that need a place to worship. And so Salvation and Praise Worship Center is one of those churches that meets at West Morris Church in our building. And um, we didn't want to just be landlords. We wanted to be ministry partners. And so as they've come in, uh, we have increasingly worked together with them about different things. And so Dee, um, as one of the pastors of that church, has come on and just brought a lot of life and vitality to that to this group as well. Fantastic. So so let's jump in with a, with a couple of you. Rachel, why don't I start with you? So tell me about, like, where did you land? What is the nature of what West Morris Church is going to do with this grant money, and how are you planning to serve the community? Sure. So as we were talking, you know, from meeting to meeting, um, people had their projects or their, their ideas that they were really passionate about. And when we decided to go with the micro-business um, opportunity and, and the mentoring piece, it kind of tied a lot of those together. Um, you know, our, some of our folks were really interested in micro-grants and just giving people that opportunity to see what they could do and to dream about what they wanted. Um, we were obviously really focused on youth and young adults, you know, knowing that we can make a difference and and that um, bringing more people into their lives that are positive and that want to support them um, can only help their journey. So those are really two of the main focuses, and we knew that we needed a lot of people, um, you know, to come alongside our, our innovators. So what, what got you excited? Let me ask you, Lou, what got you excited about this opportunity, hearing that you've got history in the neighborhood? What drew you in to be a piece of this process, and what, is, what has got you, like, passionately excited about this? Um, I think um, the main thing is, um, that it is something that's very needed. Um, a lot of my family, personal family, um, need direction. Um, part of them live in the community. And I kind of felt like that this was an opportunity um, to help people who were, who were younger, um, trying to get started, trying to get their lives in order. Um, I do have um, a degree in social work and uh, as well as being ordained. And so I have worked quite a bit with people who have been homeless for several years. I've worked in that area. So there's just different things that have drawn me to this. One of the things I think that creates a crime in an area is when people are indigent or they are hooked on drugs or alcohol, and so they're looking for ways to support those habits. If we can provide a way for them to have a micro business of their own um, that would support them so that they don't have to be indigent and can not only help themselves but help their families. I think that's one way to reduce some of the crime that, that seems to go on in our neighborhood, uh, not just on the west side of Indy, but also throughout the city. So this is something I believe um, can be used by other organizations, other churches, uh, I am looking forward to seeing how this is going to progress and if we're going to be able to accomplish all that we would like to accomplish. And I'm certain that we will have an evaluation process that we determine what we need to do differently or what we've done well and what we need to do for the future. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Jackie, um, thinking about how this gets implemented, how does 
how does how do you actually interact with people or how do they get connected to the church uh, for to be recipients of this grant? We had a brainstorming meeting after we received the grant and brainstormed how are we going to recruit, where are we going to go, what places do we need to hit, and, and just thought of all the different ways that, um, you know, there's, there's a, a pizza place in the neighborhood that lets us put flyers on boxes, so get those out to the neighborhood and just um, any way we can think of, you know, putting it on our Facebook pages, and Pastor D has actually uh, visited some of the schools in the area, and we've distributed information that way and by email. Um, and uh, the next step will be looking for mentors. And I just want to say, you know, I think there are times when, you know, you think that God is directing you to go and do something to help someone else when in reality he's directing you to someplace you're going to get help. And I think that will also be the case for our mentors in that it's going to help them grow as well. They're not just going to be a mentor. They're going to also be a beneficiary of this program in, in my mind because it's going to grow their hearts as well. That's excellent. Pastor D, let's hear from you. So being um, a pastor of another church who's actually, you know, renting space at, at West Morris Church, but very much a part of the integrated church family there, what got you excited about this and, and what role do you hope to play in this process? Well, I um, seen it posted on um, Facebook by Pastor Christian, and I'm really, really um, excited about youth and young adults. I am a, um, also a master's counselor, which I hold a um, office on the second floor, so I'm grateful for Pastor Chris and allowing me to use the office space. And I do work with um, people with drug addiction and grief and loss. So my main thing about the drug addiction is when most of my uh, clients were young adults. And so I thought that this would be the greatest thing to do for getting them redirected and giving them an opportunity to rethink and reimagine um, their lives in doing something different. And so I, I got excited and I did have opportunity to go to a lot of the high schools, a lot of the churches and emailed uh, a lot of people and just by word of mouth. And so that was my, that was my greatest joy and is my greatest joy. And I look forward to continue to do whatever I needed to do um, to make this program would be a great success. Thank you, Pastor D. Wow. So, Councilwoman Kristen, it seems like your dream of, uh, you know, saying that the churches have really great things to offer has really manifested its reality here with people who have degrees in social work and already connected in the community. Um, how does hearing these stories just excite your heart as you were thinking about uh, what the potential could be for these grants. I'm just so eternally grateful, just humbled that Pastor Kristen and the church were willing to do this. Um, as you see, um, I'm, I'm looking at my screen and, and seeing these wonderful faces that they are willing to invest in this, in this program and these wonderful human beings that are willing to be these applicants. And as they were talking, I was thinking of a church service maybe a year or a year and a half from now when somebody gives, gets up and tells their testimony about this program and what the seed that you are planting will, ha will have done for them. And I was just thinking about watching and listening and being at that service and the impact not only to their family, but when they get to give their testimony and how that will impact somebody else. 
Um, I believe this is going to have much greater impact than we humanly will be able to understand. And I'm just so grateful to everybody that I'm looking at that they believed in this program and Pastor Kristen didn't even hesitate um, and got her, her team together and had a brainstorming meeting and filled that application out. And I I'm, I'm, was very grateful. I was praying. Um, with the counselors had no input on who won, um, but um, I, I was definitely uh, praying for the right applicants to uh, make sure that those funds got in the right hands. And I truly believe that they did and that uh, you will do wonderful things with them and the applicants um, will just be blessed beyond measure. Thank you. Pastor Kristen, let's hear from you again. Um, did you, in the grant process, I know there was a little miracle that happened, you know, like part of it is you, there's an ask, you know, how much, you know, funds. Tell, tell us about that application process and the results there. Yeah, so um, we, you know, a grant is never a for sure thing. And so we spent a lot of time praying and, and brainstorming and really thinking through. And um, Rachel was was absolutely key in um, actually completing the grant application. But then you send it off, and, and it's um, I think it was almost two months before we heard anything. Uh, we tried to keep our budget very tight, um, and uh, we asked for eighty two hundred dollars and eighty eight thousand two hundred and ten dollars. And um, so that $10 tells you how tight of a budget we were trying to keep. Um, we, it was down to, down to $10. And um, 6000 of that was uh, designated to be put into the hands of these young adults who were going to be starting businesses as micro-grants. And so really the majority of funds was going to just be turned around and given to you, um, to the participants in Project Lydia. And uh, that was very intentional. You know, there's a lot of studies about the best way to address poverty is actually put the money into the hands of the people that are poor, not into, um, sure. into organizations that, that help with the poor. So, yes, we sent off our application and date of when we um, were supposed to hear back came and went, and we had no answer. And I texted, I think, Jackie and Rachel and said, no answer. I guess that's bad news. And, and they said, no, hold on. It'll be okay. You know, maybe they're just a little slow. So then uh, the next day came and still no answer. And so then I think the third day I called the organization and just said, hey, just checking in. Um, and I, I think I checked with Kristen as well. And, and so I think it was maybe the third or the fourth day when, when we finally heard something. We actually were not only awarded the grant, but we were given um, – $11,500 when we had only asked for $8,210. Um, as Kristen explained with the partnering or the, the shared boundary um, districts, um, the, the district ne right next door um, apparently decided to help fund um, our grant as well. And so we had more money than we had even asked for, which is just such a blessing. Uh, we had planned on having uh, we budgeted for 12 participants um, to receive a microgrant uh, for their business, and so now we are able to have 15 um, for the program. Oh, and how many do you have that have applied thus far? We have eight. We have eight. We just start. We That'd just got the applications out on um, uh, in paper and um, on the website. Um, it's like Christmas every time I, I hit reload on Google Forms to see how many have been filled out, um, and I text everybody. So. Um, I, I think there were several that came in this weekend, and so it seemed like every couple hours I was saying, we have five, we have six, we have seven, we have eight. <laughs> so right now we have eight applicants and uh, seven spots remaining for, for that 15. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, I heard you mention the name of this, Project Lydia. There's got to be a story there. Um, how did you come about that name? I think Jackie should tell that story because she's the one that came up with it. Great. Jackie, how did you come up with Project Lydia? <laughs> At the uh, brainstorming session that we had just recently to start planning and getting everything going, uh, Kristen opened us, Pastor Kristen opened us with a devotional, and we read about Lydia in the Bible, who was a dealer in purple cloth. And purple cloth is the most expensive, you know, the, the purple is the most expensive of the dyes to create, which is why it's the, you know, the color for royalty. And, and she, we, we just started talking about, okay, in this very small passage of her, what do we know? And we know she's a businesswoman. And we know that she's doing well for herself and we know she has a family and she owns a home and all of these things and we started brainstorming about a name and trying to come up with a name and I said well I think in the meantime until we have a name let's just use the working title of Project Lydia and we're just like okay and over time it just kind of stuck and we decided that's what we would go with that's awesome well, this idea that you can partner together for flourishing in the city seems to have really come together. Do any of you have anything else burning on your heart you want to share or thoughts that um, perhaps we haven't covered that are exciting you? Well, one thing we haven't done is talk about actually what the program is. Rachel's kind of overseeing a lot of the, the planning with that. So the first time that we meet the innovators will be um, in their first class, and the whole um, course is six weeks. And we expect that we'll have the innovators and the mentors take it together. Um, there are two different days that we're giving the innovators a choice of to take the class um, because we think it's really important to have a low barrier, um, you know, project. So, you know, if they can meet with us on Saturday, um, we'll have a meal before the class and then have the class for two hours. And then, you know, each successive Saturday, um, there will be three in November and three in December. Um, just to kind of avoid some of the holidays. And then Monday will be the same layout. Um, we'll have a, sh a small meal beforehand and then the two-hour class. Um, so if they're not able to make a Saturday, they can still come on Monday and not miss out. Um, we're also covering child care and um, bus tickets or a gas card, again, to make this the, the easiest way possible for the innovators to take advantage, um, you know, of the micro-business opportunity. And so within the classes, we're teaching, um, we're going to have instructors who can talk with them about, you know, soft skills, communication, and how that plays into the business role, um, you know, putting together a budget for the business plan, and then even a budget to think about, you know, how, how does this factor in when, when you start launching your business, and how, how do you continue that budget? Um, and so all of those things are, you know, are necessary skills, but we also want the mentors to support them within the class and then to be able to support them in writing the business plan and the grant proposal. Um, so everything will be kind of done alongside the mentors and we hope that that supportive relationship will just grow and flourish in its own way um, through the six weeks and then as they launch their businesses. And of course, at the end, we'll get to celebrate, you know, with the mentors, the innovators, um, the innovators' families, and just, um, just really, and just be blessed and, and praise God for, for what has happened um, for this first round. 
Will the, will the mentors uh, do any follow-up with them after their business is launched, like continue to stay in touch? I would say the mentors are encouraged to follow up, um, and we can kind of let that up to the, the pairs um, just on, on how that works. But um, I'm sure they would, you know, would, would love to have that, that mentor support as well. But I think it's really important to close the relationship effectively, um, just that, you know, that beginning stage. And, and to acknowledge how much they've done in the last couple of months. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, Rachel did a great job. So the grants that they'll apply for once they have their business um, development plan um, submitted are uh, $500 uh, grants for startup funds. So if they want to do a landscaping business, maybe they can buy a lawnmower and, um, you know, a couple Facebook ads or however they see fit to, to use that startup money. Uh, to really get their business going. A lot of times there's great ideas and great um, uh, initiative and motivation, but there is a barrier sometimes um, that has to be overcome in order to start a business. So the grant is non-competitive. They're not competing against each other. There's uh, grant funds for every single person who goes through the six-week training course and develops a business development plan. Um, So we're really excited about uh, what that's going to do, not just for the individual, not just for the family, of the innovator, but really our community as well. You know, there, um, we, West Indianapolis is a food desert. It's also a desert in a lot of other areas in terms of uh, economic development. And so we're just excited about what this uh, opportunity of having uh, new businesses um, in the area is going to do for the entire community. No doubt it will lead to a great and tremendous blessing for the applicants who are taking part in this. If I could, Pastor D, I'd love for you to, we'd close some of our podcasts in this way. I think this one's really fitting. Is just to close with a prayer, a prayer of blessing over this project, that God would bless it and that he would multiply the efforts, the dollars and everything. I mean, that's heaven's economy is multiplication. So would you mind praying a prayer of blessing as we close our conversation today? Okay, sure. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have allowed us to do with Project Lydia. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the skillfulness and everyone with the ideas. And Lord, we ask that you would bless the innovators, bless the mentors, bless the hands of all that is working with this project, Lord. We ask that you would bless the ones that are wanting to do so but can't right now. And we ask that you would um, bless the finances, God, and um, increase for Project Lydia. We just want to thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do for Project Lydia, all that you've already done. We just give you all the glory and the praise for what you've done so far. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.